0: The reading for today is from the New English, or the New Revised Version of the Bible, Luke 19, 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore tree to see him, because he was, Jesus, was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay. At your house today. So Zacchaeus hurried down and was happy to welcome him. And all who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay him back four times as much. And then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. The word of God for the people of God. And thanks be to God. Good morning. You were supposed to be hearing Allie Williams preach today, not me. We are thankful that Jim allowed her time to be with her beloved father in his last days of the earthly phase of his life. The present sermon series asks, what would Jesus do in 2017? Jim assigned Ali the following sermon topic. How would Jesus welcome all, welcome all in 2017? Jim also chose the scriptural text in Luke, which you heard. Zacchaeus, the little man. Shined up a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus. Hmm. Jesus pays attention. You know, sometimes the lowest branches of sycamores are 15 feet high. How did this little guy scale a sycamore? Well, he succeeded a clue to Jesus that Zacchaeus wanted to see him. Zacchaeus was a publicani, a tax farmer. The right to be a tax farmer was auctioned off annually to the highest bidder. Each year, the winning bidder had to pay the king the amount of the winning bid. And since tax farming was a lucrative for-profit business, the winning bid was expensive, so virtually all tax farmers belonged to wealthy families. Tax farmers routinely charged far above the so-called fixed tax rates. They especially jacked up tax rates on the poor, and they also made loans back when charging people interest in loans was considered a sin called usury. Sometimes the tax collectors charged interest rates as high as 48% per annum. So Jim asked Allie to deal with Zacchaeus. I mean, that's a max-Q test for welcoming anyone to say nothing of all, and even for Allie, a tough task. As Jesus entered Jericho, he spotted this short little small man in the tree and said, Zacchaeus. Hmm. He knew his name. Perhaps Part of welcoming all is to know people by name. Fifteen times in the Gospels, Jesus was rebuked for associating with tax collectors, generally stated as, quote, tax collectors and sinners, end quote. Jesus did not merely associate with tax collectors. Jesus had come up to Levi and had said, Follow me. Results straightway. Levi, also known as Matthew, followed our Lord as one of his 12 disciples. What does it say to us that our Lord so welcomed all that he would choose a tax collector as a disciple? And in Jericho, he flat out in public announced Zacchaeus. I must stay in your house tonight. Results of such welcoming, Zacchaeus, quote, hurried down and was happy to welcome him, end quote. Right off, before they went to Zacchaeus' home, this tax collector said he would give half his possessions to the poor. Right off, he publicly testified that those whom he had defrauded, he would repay fourfold the defrauded amount. In, in 2017, who might be the most challenging folks to welcome? I asked a minister friend whom I deeply respected, I asked him, how could Jesus welcome all Without blinking, without pondering my question for a New York minute, my friend said, quote, You welcome all people, number one, with God's love, while, number two, remaining true to your own Christian values, end quote. His reply, you know, focused on our role as welcomers. In part, we are called to remain true, to our own Christian values. Well, what are our Christian values? I mean, Jesus, uh, dozens of them, including nonviolent, inclusive. Some values uh, that are named by Paul in Colossians 3, compassion, which Jim Hoffman focused on last week, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, forgiveness, love, peace, Gratitude or thanksgiving, which is important in today's service. Paul named some others in Philippians. Whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, pleasing, commendable, any excellence, and anything worthy of praise. Paul welcomed all. He was radically inclusive. He welcomed Gentiles as well as Jews women as well as men. In Galatians 5, some more values, what we call the fruits of the Spirit, including joy, generosity, faithfulness, self-control. Would Jesus, remaining faithful to the aforementioned values, welcome all in 2017? Still focusing on welcomers, In the very late 1940s, Tom Shipp was a new ministerial student at the Perkins School of Theology in Dallas. He was asked to start a new church on a nearby street called Lover's Lane. Tom Shipp seemed to welcome all, including alcoholics. Tom Shipp would go to an alcoholic as if to say, Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house tonight. And he, he went to w meetings. He went to the homes of alcoholics. Lover's Lane Methodist Church resolved <coughs> that at least one-third of its official board at, at any time would be alcoholics. Result? Lover's Lane became one of the Largest Methodist congregations in the world. Now, let's look at welcomees, those being welcomed. In Galatians three, the Apostle Paul described welcomees from a Christian perspective. "Quote: There is no longer Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female, for All of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring. In Christ Jesus, all welcomes are family. Family. Hmm. Allie Williams and I visited about today's sermon topic, We listed our Christian values, which I just shared. Allie stressed that a primary Christian value uh, is to be inclusive, which is required if we are to welcome all. One of the most welcoming members of St. John's in its history was Elmer Dennis. How many times did you hear it said, or said it yourselves, Elmer Dennis never met a stranger. He, he was an architect of neighbor-to-neighbor. Neighbor. Kansas City's YMCA uh, a couple of years ago chose Elmer for its Spirit of Service Award. Elmer knew that in Christ there is, as we sang, no east, west, north, south. In Christ there is one great inclusive fellowship throughout the whole wide earth. Welcomees. Well, what about welcomees who do not welcome with God's love? In time, the Christian church at Corinth, founded by Paul, became seriously divided. In 2017, some evangelical Christians, like the church in Corinth, are polarized and polarizing. They are exclusive. Now, if to welcome all, we are to welcome with God's love, we must wonder, is an exclusive and divisive Christian an oxymoron? The Corinthians were quarreling intensely. In 1 Corinthians 3, Paul wrote them A passage that's so important to our 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 discussion this morning about welcoming all. He said, "Do you not know that you are God's temple, temple, and that God's Spirit dwells in you? God's temple is holy, and you are that temple." Now, all of Paul's letters were written before the Roman armies destroyed the temple in Jerusalem. Jews believed there was only one temple, the one in Jerusalem. That temple was absolutely unique. And what made that temple uniquely holy? Very simple. God's Spirit resided inside that temple. Despite the fact that the temple of Jerusalem was still standing, Paul told the Corinthians, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? A temple, by definition, was the unique residence of God. Paul realized that to Jesus, each of us with all our marvelous individual differences, is a unique residence of God's Holy Spirit. (coughs) Despite the horrendous behaviors of many humans, even every human on this planet is architecturally designed and created as a uniquely different temple in which God Personally chooses to reside. So, how can we not welcome all when all of us are fellow temples? Some welcomees seem to deny that God's loving spirit seeks to reside inside all temples. That brings us to the issue of salvation. After Zacchaeus announced his plans for repayment, what he had taken and defrauded, Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house. To welcome is an active verb. This word salvation is an immense action. Salvation in part connotes healing. We see that, for example, in the word salve, a healing ointment. Salvation is a lifelong healing process. Second, salvation in part connotes abundance. Jesus said, I, c- I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. We experience a more abundant life if our lives are enriched by gentleness, compassion, kindness, inclusiveness, humility, Patience, forgiveness, love, peace, grace, gratitude, joy, generosity, nonviolence, anything excellence. That's what Zacchaeus longed for, what Tom Shipp's alcoholics longed for, perhaps what all longed for. Values which abundantly give us a life worth living forever. Third, salvation in part connotes empowerment. While a minister at Missouri United Methodist Church in Columbia, I attended a luncheon. The guest was Frank Laubach. By 1965, an estimated 100 million people had learned to read thanks to his Each One Teach One literacy program. Literacy empowers. Many members of St. John's have mentored students to learn to read at Lobach Literacy, now known as Kansas City Literacy. Our tutors include Fred Valentine, Homer Evans, um, Joe Casper, Rita Davis, Bart Mueller, others, me too, saving by empowering. Imagine Jesus in 2017 saying, Kim Jong-un, I must stay at your house tonight. Now, we, we may doubt Kim Jong-un would climb a sycamore to meet our Lord. But how might Jesus welcome him in 2017? Might he say, Kim Jong-un, 90%... Of your fellow North Koreans are illiterate. 90% of the uniquely, individually different temples in which God's Spirit chooses permanently to reside in your country are deprived of the potentially spiritual empowerment of literacy. What if you become their hero who offers them literacy? nonviolence. Closer to home. Meanwhile, what is Jesus doing about Koreans at St. John's in 2017 and recently? For several years in the 1980s, St. John's invited Korean Methodists to worship in our chapel, speaking, of course, in Korean. We did worship with them occasionally. Eventually, they could afford a separate building for worship where they still worship. I poignantly recall listening to them uttering the communion ritual for us in Korean. What is Jesus doing for refugees in 2017 in the United States at a time when many churches are providing sanctuary but facing legal resistance from political powers? Safety and security were important important issues for any congregation. We have certainly excruciatingly experienced that, learned about that recently. Is Jesus encouraging us nevertheless in 2017 to welcome refugees? Delacy Lamb is caring for a host of refugees. Once uh, a year or so... Ago, uh, when I was donating books there, I walked inside and found myself standing among about 15 children, about, you know, three, three and a half feet tall. For some reason, they were dressed in their native country's attire. I I thought I had stumbled into the children's version of the United Nations. So cute, these darling refugees, their faces smiling with hope. and and, and gratitude, thanksgiving. Is Jesus in 2017 encouraging us at St. John's to welcome refugees, saying to them, you must stay at our house tonight? I once waited in a very long line to shake the hand of Martin Luther King, Jr., And when I shook his hand, I was struck by a very explicit sensation that he felt that shaking my hand was a significant event in history. Well, another very explicit sensation also struck me, that every time he shook anyone's hand, he felt that way. No wonder he had such Compelling impact on history. What a model for welcoming all. That hand class was empowering. And then salvation, in part, endures us, endears us to others. In my opinion, in 2017, Jesus would welcome all. But Charles Shilton's book, In His Steps, subtitled, What Would Jesus Do, asks the wrong question. The question ought not be what would Jesus do, but what is Jesus doing in 2017? I have it on high authority that Christ is alive and infinitely more vivaciously alive than any of us. Alive and here. When we say grace at a meal, we do not need to set a separate chair <clears throat> for our Lord because He chooses to reside inside each of us at the table. I'll just speak personally. Jesus is closer to me than I am to myself. And because Jesus is that close, I can get closer To myself, my true self. And that enables me to get closer to others, closer to my community, including my church community, closer to my environment, closer to God's other creatures. Salvation, in part, is welcoming all, it is inclusive, quite the opposite of polarized. A saved welcomer recognizes that all creatures are one family. Alfred Lord Tennyson wrote, I am a part of all that is. Governor Adley Ewing Stevenson said, The world is a family. All men are brothers. All wars are civil wars and all killings, fratricidal. Jesus welcomes all in 2017 because we are all children of one Creator, one Redeemer. In 2017, we are all inclusive fellow siblings of Christ. At this moment, I invite each of you to close your eyes. Imagine a voice calling you by your Christian name. Now, you aren't Zacchaeus. You didn't shinny up a sycamore to be here. But you did come hoping to meet God's holy and welcoming presence at St. John's in Kansas City, in 2017. And that voice I invite you to hear chooses to reside permanently inside the uniquely individual temple you are created to be and become. That voice utters your name and says, I must stay At your house tonight. It is our Lord's prayer and God's prayer that you and I will hurry down and announce the uniquely individual differences their holy presence will make in our personhood, in our decisions, in our behaviors, attitudes, actions, and relationships with all creatures we face in Christ Jesus. Amen.